Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Penenka Podcast. I am Callum, and today I'm joined here by Lewis, Ashley, and Harvey. And today we're back with a rebuild. Today we're going to be rebuilding West Ham. We're not going to start it like usual. Usually we start off with the manager. Today we're going to let Harvey go on a little rant about the owners and the upstairs of West Ham. Harvey, would you like to talk for us? Yeah, so I think it's it's almost common knowledge that uh, the upstairs part of West Ham, you know, the the owners, whatnot, the chairman, it's it, it's it's corrupt. Like the, they don't seem to have an interest in taking the club forward, but more so trying to get money out of it where they can. You know, like these big name signings, and uh, I'm sure we'll get to it later on. You know, not scouting players properly, signing these big players. Well, so a bit huge players at our club at least. You know, it's 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 not uh, it's not very nice to say that the the changes that need to happen from from the club are um, larger and easier than just you know this player that player this manager that manager. It's it's the roots of the club that are really really rotten, and it shows. You know, we've we've got a club that uh, from an, <laughs> from the let the least biased that I can be we're a club that should be mid-table comfortably you know with the right sort of signings could be uh, pushing maybe not quite uh, sort of um, Europa League spots but pushing for it at, at least so I'll keep my run to um, <laughs> a closed off point now I'll let someone else sort of take up on the board and Lewis knows quite a bit about the um, the board of directors and whatnot, the chairman. Lewis, do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, I can do. Um, West Ham, their recruitment has not been something that, that they don't do it very well in comparison to any other team um, in the league. They don't recruit very well at all. There doesn't seem to be any plan behind the scenes as to what they want to do in the future and how they're going to build up. Um, like they don't, I don't believe they have a sporting director or director of football at all. Um, the last one they did, I believe Pellegrini brought in from Malaga, um, but he didn't do very well. And I believe he's got sacked or might have left. Um, so currently they are with that one. Obviously, having David Moyes as well, who's been here too, he's, I think he's on the deal till the end of the season or the end of next season. Um, but we don't know whether he's a short-term or a long-term manager because obviously this is now his second stint at the club. Last time he was there, he was there not even for a full season, I don't think. So um, I think they just need to, I think West Ham need to get a manager in that they know will be here for a long time so then they can build around him in a sense and let him do what he needs to do and bring in, they just need to get a director of football that will back that manager and then they can figure out who they uh, who they need to sign. Uh, yeah, I think the issue with West Ham is it seems to be a, they sign players for the name and not for the way they'll fit the system. For example, Sebastian Aller, you know, great season for Frankfurt, linked up perfectly with Luka Jovic. And, but then West Ham signed him and didn't build a system around him or didn't even attempt to fit him into their system. It seems like West Ham just buy players hoping they'll fit into the system. And it's been showed by the absolute lack of you know, the lack of scouting that goes into that club, you know, they don't scout players at all. They bring in a sporting director who takes the credit of other sporting directors. 
and you know and then they just they don't give people chances like West Ham personally I think and you probably heard it from other people before need to bring in a director of football someone who knows a lot about football maybe even not a lot about West Ham who can look over managerial appointments look over signings to make sure it will actually fit because it seems like West Ham don't have like a culture like Liverpool have this culture where it's winning high pressing football that you know they have a system and they assign players to fit that system, not just because they're big names. Why we didn't see players like Timo Werner actually go to Liverpool, he went to Chelsea because Klopp didn't see him in his system to replace Firmino. So I think it would be interesting to see. I think the first big move West Ham need to make before anything is, you know, to use, basically to use the money they actually get from the Olympic Stadium because it's been shown they get a lot of money, which is shown by the big signings they've been able to make and maybe hire a director of football, bulk up, bulk up that scouting department so they can really sign players and know about them instead of signing them based off hype from other people. Um, Harvey, what do you think about that? I think you hit the nail on the head there, to be honest. Um, there's, I remember, I remember a, um, a game that I went to, uh, 2018 FA Cup. Uh, we were away at Wigan, West Ham Wigan. Wigan beat us uh, 2-0 at that point, so that really wasn't good. Um, I remember after, um, after the game, uh, me and my friend that I'd gone with, uh, we both waited outside to see all the players got the coach and whatnot. And after the coach had left with the players, um, David Gold and David Sullivan both came out uh, and walked across to their big fancy cars or whatever. Um, and they were just marauded with, you know, like, masses and masses and masses of fans swearing at them saying you know you know this that and the other change this change that so it's I mean I I think it's it's almost common knowledge now that it's 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 a known thing sorry that everyone within the club notices the problem everyone within the league notices the problem they were talking about it um, on Sky Sports uh, only last week about how West Ham have one of the most like fragile systems uh, in sorry internally with the club um, you know like I mentioned earlier with 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 signings with the recruitment with how everything is is almost programmed to be honest it's it's more than just a one season movement it's changing a lot of what the club has been built around for so many years which I will happily jump into later on um, the further we go but Unless, unless, I'm, uh, yeah. unless anyone else has got anything else to say on the, on the inside of the club, we, we can start moving towards the managerial situation, if, uh, if that suits everybody. Yeah, I was just going to say it's quite obvious that the fans are unhappy with the, how the club is run. Like, I remember a game against Burnley a few years ago. Um, the fans just went absolutely mental at the, at the board of directors box, started throwing everything at them, and the uh, fans got onto the pitch, started messing with the players started messing with the pitch and it's obvious I don't get how the owners can just look past that and not do not change anything after that happens it's very obvious that the fans want change um, but it, it's about how they actually do it and if they do it because at the moment it doesn't look like they're going to yeah it just seems like the club has no interest in actually making improvements but speaking of where they may need to make improvements let's move on to the manager and David Moyes a man I have a lot of love for, first time at Everton. But I can imagine, Harvey, you don't have much love for David Moyes. How do you feel about him? 
Yeah, sorry to to put in again, but like it, it's when we announced that we had signed Moyes again, I was absolutely, I, I was fuming. I was mega, mega fuming. I was absolutely, do you know what? I, I, words couldn't describe um, the, the, the way that I felt about that appointment. Obviously, when he left last time, I, I think we were winless in eight, and, and then he was sacked. Uh, it was a point at this time, and um, it was a similar story, I think. I, like, I would like to uh, sort of point this out quickly. Our form under um, Pellegrini, towards the end, it, it wasn't great. But, you know, we had a Premier League winning coach, manager, sorry, at West Ham. And it's not every day that you can say something like that. Um, obviously, he, he, he had his time back at City uh, a few years ago. But I really, really liked what, what he was trying to bring into West Ham. And you can see it from... Um, uh, the way that he lined the team up and a few of the signings that he brought in with um, he he tried to take down what West Ham had built off for so many years and I'll explain that uh, now for you the way that I see it at least is that uh, with West Ham they had we, we have over the last decade we've had quite a slow team. We haven't been known for our pace as such yet. There'll be like the occasional player that will burst out in the scene. Uh, and they'll have like fast feet, lots of movement, you know, loads of energy. And it'll be a breath of fresh air for the team. Payet, you know. We will talk more about that later on. But he's, he's a perfect example. A player with quick feet, quick thinking, you know, great sort of movement on and off the ball. That changed the team for the better. We've always had, we've always signed washed-up players. Um, a perfect, a perfect example of that would be bringing Zabaleta. Um, you know, his prime was at City. We were never going to get him from City when he was in his prime because it, 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 that's not a realistic move. Who would want to go from Champion City to mid to bottom table West Ham? You know, Stuart Downing in the past, another one. Um, I. It's it's these types of signings, and I, there are many, many more. Um, Jelovic, we signed um, a couple of seasons ago. I, I think he did score for us in a cup game, actually. Um, but I, I don't seem to remember him scoring too many more goals. And it's these sorts of signings of players that have seen their best somewhere else uh, and have um, like a household name for them in other clubs that come to West Ham. And then it's it's almost like they're going down in their career and they see West Ham as like a step down from where they were before uh, and that could be true but I don't like seeing that and what what changed with Pellegrini was he went for younger players faster players that have more potential rather than these old washed up players and I, I think washed up might be a bit of a, a harsh term to use but when you're seeing this same cycle of buying and selling going on within your club for so long it's frustration that's only fair to see, I think. Um, I will cut my rant short there because I'm aware that I've sort of waffled for a while there. If anybody else has, has anything to say on that sort of matter, please go for it. I'm very, I'm very fired up about this sort of stuff. It really annoys me. What I would love to hear what you guys have to say about it, please. Any one of you. Uh, yeah, as someone who's, you know, had to watch David Moyes quite a lot. I'm watching West Ham, I'm very used to watching the system, you know. Watching Antonio burst forward with his pace and his strength and get goals reminds me of, you know, Yakubu back in the day and stuff like that. But 
You know, David Moyes is a good manager and I feel like he gets a lot of stick from West Ham and from Sunderland when in reality, for, for example, what could he have done with that Sunderland team? You did it. Yeah, honestly, I feel like Sir Alex Ferguson would have struggled to get that team out of relegation. That is how bad that team was. You know, the West Ham team when he first came in, awful, you know, lost Payet, didn't spend the money from Payet wisely, even if it wasn't. I don't think they got much or he left on a free or something like that. Have it? So, yeah, exactly. It wasn't much, but then they didn't even, re they didn't even try to reinvest, you know. Even if it's splash the cash and lose a bit of money, you've got to do that. But, you know, this four this four four one one, I've watched a lot. You know, I've watched it be played in different ways. I've watched Fellaini be that attacking midfielder. I've watched other players like Leon Osman be that attacking midfielder. It's very strange. Leon Osman, very, in my opinion, very similar to what, the way they're doing it with Mark Noble now. Not the quickest. Great passing range. Great ability to lead a forward line. You know, but um, I think you give Moyes a chance to, or at least give him a season to, you know, work it. Because clearly, let's look at it's, look at West Ham since the restart. Antonio, this is the best I've ever seen Antonio play in his entire career. By far, he's scoring goals for fun. You know, um, Mark Noble seems to, you know, be great in that ability to just sit, find a passing range. The wingers, like, I don't think Fornals should be a winger, like a left mid, personally. I think, you know... Maybe Philippe Anderson or even someone else. Say Philippe Anderson keeps being as inconsistent as he is, but um, you know it's just—it's like it seems like Moyes just needs to make a few tweaks to that system, and it will work because it, even that system now, where it doesn't seem to be fully complete yet, with everything Moyes wants, they're performing and they're getting wins. For example, against teams like Chelsea, you know, Moyes is proving that he still has it. Um, but yeah, I think give Moyes at least a season, half a season, to prove himself and cement this West Ham team. As at least, you know, they shouldn't really be expecting 10th or anything. Maybe like if he could get West Ham 11th, 12th, that's a good improvement. Just a lot, a lot of, I think West Ham need to look at steady growth instead of rapid growth to get where they want to be. But um, yeah, I don't know if anyone else wants to follow along. Um, Ash, do you want to give your opinion on Moyes? Is he someone you've watched too? Uh, yeah, no, I think um, keeping Moyes would probably, uh, at least for another season, would be uh, best interest for West Ham. Um, I mean, when he was at United, he was left with a team that was aging, uh, didn't want it as much. And I, I think anyone would have struggled with that team. Anyone that came to the job would have struggled with that team. And he gets too much stick from his time at United, Sunderland and West Ham the first time around. I, I think he's just... He is a good manager and he knows how to keep teams at that mid-table spot and even pushing for Europe, as we saw with Everton. Um, but yeah, I think I think just give him one more, like just just give him some more time, and I think he'll prove himself. Um, but yeah, everyone's really mentioned what I was going to say anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I so I'd say that like um, I'd say actually David Moyes is probably what West Ham need at this moment in time. I think. Um, in terms of, I think obviously we West Ham need a plan, a long-term plan, and I think when back when they had Sam Allardyce, they had that. In terms of, obviously they're in the Championship, they got up, and then Sam Allardyce took them as far as he could and got them to a mid-table team, and then they went right. We'll let go of Allardyce and bring someone in who could take us further. And obviously Bilic did that in his first season, getting them into Europe. So there was some sort of plan there. Obviously Bilic didn't end very well at all because obviously he got sacked but 
um, the same thing, they brought in Moyes, who guided them to safety. And I think personally, he could definitely get them into mid-table and sort of be that Allardyce in a sense, in that kind of role. Um, but obviously they got rid of him and then brought in Pellegrini. Um, but I feel like they did that a bit too early. I think they should have given Moyes another year then at least. Um, I just need to give him a bit more time because he he inherited a bad West Ham team and got them safety. And I think I think he could definitely take them a little bit further than what they are at now. And I think some of the players in terms of what they've got, I think he suits, they suit the way he would want them to play. So I know that when Moyes was at Everton, he played like a 4-4-1-1 and he would have... Uh, left backs would want to get forward and with West Ham and Fredericks and Cresswell who will want to do that as well um, and then having a big physical striker up front who they've got Antonio Pacey wingers and like Felipe Anderson they've got like the players that could fit his system if he implements it obviously that was at Everton and football's a different time that well, is different now it was 10 years ago but uh, I think Moyes is definitely what they need at this moment in time and I don't think they should even I don't think they should think about getting rid of him anytime soon I think they should give him they should uh, keep him for this summer um, let him go into next season obviously if things go terribly then get rid of him but um, I think they should give him a lot more time than they did last time On the topic before we go over to uh, the goalkeeper and defence and whatnot and I think you guys have started to notice sort of trend in the way that I like to see football being played is yeah I've I've hated on Moyes so much first in this in but I'm 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 very much of the belief that you should give um, like a new manager, time to settle in, to get the team playing his brand of football the way that he wants it to be, or she, either or, we don't, we don't assume. We don't do anything wrong like that here on the Penega podcast, but um, no, with, um, with this sort of thing, we'd mentioned before, uh, I think that Frank Lampard should get the time at Chelsea. I think that uh, Ole should get the time at um, at. Uh, United to get their brand of football being played and what Moyes' brand of football is, you know, I'd, whether I like it or not, I don't, I don't know. But if, if we can get a team that supports him and fully backs, um, you know, his, his, his style, what he wants from his players, that's something that I, I will get behind. It's, it's, it's just a shame to see a new idea like, uh, uh, Pellegrini brought in go so quickly, but sorry to put that in there. That was just um, I thought it was sort of relevant to the the topic. Yeah, and um, just before we move on to um, goalkeeper, um, I'm just going to say quickly about Moyes. He got us um, fourth place in the league with Marcus Bent up front. Clearly, the man knows what he's doing. But anyway, anyway, we'll move on to the goalkeeper now, and I think. I'm just going to say it now, and I think everyone agrees. Fabianski, he's one, probably one of the most underrated, one of the better goalkeepers in the league. I think they keep Fabianski in goal. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but I'm guessing everyone agrees. Fabianski is the goalkeeper West Ham need. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Uh, it was Hammer of the Year, um, 2019. Uh, and deservedly so. I, I think... The, the keeper system that we had before with Adrian uh, and Darren Randolph, you know, sort of being in and out every now and then, I think that worked for us at the time. Um, and then we saw, I think, Fabian's came from Swansea. Um, and he showed at Swansea when they were in the Premier League. Um, it was a brilliant shot stopper. And he is now. He is getting on a little bit. 35, 36 years old. 
Uh, but as we said before, you know, keepers can go longer with their careers because they're not as um, mobile with their feet. They don't get the sort of pains that older players do get as, as fast as they get them. But I, yeah, I think Fabianski is a, is a safe bet for the next season or two at, at the very least. And we can focus on like the rest of the team moving forward where we've got uh, a solid goalkeeper uh, there. Yeah, I think with... I think West Ham are probably the goalkeeper again. As much as uh, same with like most teams in the Premier League, goalkeeper is one of their strongest positions. I think with Lucas Fabianski, they've got definitely one of the most underrated goalkeepers in the Premier League. Uh, obviously, he's been around for a while with Arsenal and Swansea, and now West Ham. Um, and they also got Darren Randolph as well, who I think is even more underrated. Um, he was very, he did very well at West Ham in his first stint at the club. Uh, continued that um, through with Middlesbrough, and was probably one of the best goalkeepers in the Championship up until he left. And return to West Ham. However, the main problem is that Fabianski is 35 and Randolph is 33, I think. They're both aging and they both of them will only be around for like another year or two at this type of level. Um, so I think West Ham will need to eventually look into a younger goalkeeper, um, someone else that they can bring through they could probably look at the championship for some younger goalkeepers or abroad but I think the goalkeeper will definitely be somewhere that they need to invest in um in a, at least in a couple of years time because Fabianski and Randolph as much as they are both really good goalkeepers and definitely suitable for this level um their age is definitely a problem yeah so uh, I've um on my notes I've said keep Fabianski uh, obviously one of the most underrated keepers in the league as you as you lot have said um but I think because he is 35 and Darren Randall's 33, the goalkeepers they have are all aging and obviously going to decline. Um, so I've said you need a you need a younger keeper as a backup who can then push for the first team in about one or two years. So I've I've got the Diogo Costa, who was a backup keeper at Porto. Um, he's made 12 appearances, kept seven clean sheets. Um, I think bringing him in to push for that first team spot where Fabianski is um, will really help him. And also being around that experience with Fabianski and Darren Randolph will help him learn as a keeper. And in one or two years, if this does happen, I can see him. I can see him uh, pushing for the first team spot and just improving from there. I'll say just quickly, just to make a point on that. Would Diogo Costa want to leave Porto, who are arguably the biggest team in Portugal, to join West Ham, no disrespect? Like uh, it's, it's Porto in the Champions League pushing for Europe, and if he's pushing and already there, do you think actually he would want to move to West Ham? Do you think that'd be a good move for him? Oh, I, I think obviously the Premier League does attract big like players because it's the it's the best league in the world, uh, arguably. But yeah, I, I think that if he if he wants to push for his first team spot, I think. I think at West Ham will get a bigger audience around him, and I think that he'll he'll develop better at West Ham if he can. But he's only had twelve appearances for Porto, and they were mainly in the cup competitions. So I feel like if he goes to West Ham, we'll have more of an audience behind him and get more recognition for his for his ability. Uh, I decided for West Ham. I agree with Ashley and need to use a backup goalkeeper. I decided to see who West Ham had in their academies and their youth league teams. As you know, West Ham have been known for having quite a good academy. And I found this man, Joseph Anang, he's a Ghanaian goalkeeper, has made 17 appearances in the Premier League 2 and has only conceded 18 goals. You know, 
why not? You know, why not call him up and say, "Here, do you want to play a few Carabao Cup games or something like that?" Um, it wouldn't really be a bad shout at all to let one of these young keepers. Or they've also got um, Hungarian goalkeeper who's only seventeen, I believe, born in two thousand and two, um, Chris, Christian Heggy, but he's you know twenty goals conceded in nine games. He's a bit more raw prospect. I feel like this Joseph Annan. Sit, let him learn from Lukas Fabianski and, you know, let him watch how Fabianski plays, develop from Fabianski. It's not a bad idea at all. And then maybe give him the chance. And if that doesn't work, go spend some money on a goalkeeper. But, you know, it's always good to look into your academy and maybe avoid spending some money if you can. I think I think quickly on on the topic of the uh, the academy, you mentioned that it's... You know, it's it's got a good name to it. We've had some good names come through, but I think the problem with it um, with it is that yeah, we bring through these big names, but they big names. They don't seem to ever stay. Uh, I think this would be a good little time to move into the defence if everyone's um, had their say. We recently saw Ngakia, the uh, the right back who I think his last game was Wolves. Uh, Wolves at home and Wolves got 2-0 win. Um, you know, he's 19 years old, mid 20 this year, I think. Um, really, really promising. Uh, had loads going for him. Much the same as Reese Oxford, you know, a couple of seasons ago. Um, it, I, I think his breakthrough season was actually the, um, the seventh finish, the Leicester winning season, 15-16. Um, and he, he was absolutely, he was fantastic on the ball. He got back, he got forward, you know, he gave the midfield stability, which Mark Noble is, is there. And as my favourite player for West Ham, I, like, I hate to speak poorly of him, but he's, he's, he's not always been the man that we've needed, more the man that we've got that can try to do that sort of thing. Um, I'll try not to go to the midfield too much just yet, but... Um, We've seen good players like this come through. We had Martin Samuelson, Nathan Holland, names if you guys know. You know, they show brilliant signs when they're younger, and they've gone out on loan, found interest elsewhere, and not not really wanted to come home, not wanted to stay and represent the uh, claret and blue. Uh, with Ngakia as well, I I think the problem with him was um, him and Moyes didn't didn't see eye to eye. Moyes was keen on getting him to sign uh, a contract extension uh, today. I was, uh, had, let, had let it run out and he, he left at the end of um, the end of June, I believe it was. Um, which is a shame because I, I'm quite a big fan of homegrown players. I don't like going out and spending these big figures so when a player does come up through the ranks, which is why if Declan Rice can be somehow not pinched by City or United in uh, the next transfer window. I would love to see him become the next Mark Noble, you know, and be this holding midfielder um, that sort of controls the park player, you know, like Mr. West Ham sort of name to him, which Mark Noble has has got the name for so far. So it's a shame for that, but I guess since we're, we're on uh, the defence, I'll let one of you guys take up if if you've got something to say. Yeah, I'd say West Ham's defence 
It's um, I'll go along from uh, right back to left back. I think right back they've got they had four options uh, in Ngakia, Frederick, Zabaleta, and Ben Johnson. But then uh, Zabaleta and Zabaleta got released, and Ngakia obviously turned down that contract offer. So now they're left with Ryan Fredericks and Ben Johnson. Uh, ben Johnson made his uh, first appearance this season against Watford. I think it was his first game since 2019. Uh, I think this is his only second appearance for the club. Um, so they clearly have a young right back who they have some sort of faith in um, to play. And then Ryan Fredericks as much. I don't think technically he's the best player. I think he's he's really good for a team. I think, he again, it goes back to what I said earlier about how he suits Moyes' style of getting players going forward. I remember when he was at Fulham and he would literally just run down the line and just put a ball in. Uh, that's what he's good at. And so you have two decent right backs, however, I feel like in terms of the Premier League as a whole, I think they're quite weak there. And I think they could maybe use a bit of a better option to Fredericks. But Fredericks, if Moyes can exploit Fredericks' pace some point, uh, somehow in his tactics, then uh, that might work. Centre-back, I think they're actually quite like West Ham. Um, I believe because they have uh, Ogbonna, obviously, but he's 32. He's ageing. You know, he's slowing down. He might leave soon. Uh, it's a deal for someone they have to keep hold of. He could be there for a number of years. And uh, Balbuena is a decent partner to him as well. Um, and then obviously Winston Reid, but uh, at the moment he's on loan in the MLS. So they technically only have three centre-backs. So I think it'd be useful uh, if West Ham went and signed a younger centre-back who could then pair with Diop in the future. Um, so obviously Declan Rice can play there, but he's more of a defensive midfielder. So uh, that doesn't really work. And then at left-back, You've got Aaron Cresswell and Arthur Masawaku. Uh, Arthur Masawaku is a he's more of a, he's more of a wing back in the sense of that he's really good going forward. Uh, he's got a lot of trickery as well. Um, and then Cresswell is obviously very good on the set pieces uh, and stuff like that. So I think overall West Ham's defense isn't too bad, but I feel like they could strengthen it at right back in terms of quality. And then they, I think they need to bring in another centre back as I don't think three is enough for Premier League side like West. Yeah, it is a bit strange with West Ham and um, the whole youth system idea. It's just, you know, even in the past, West Ham's history of the players they bring through is disgustingly good. You know, or players that they even steal from other youth academies and they mould themselves, you know. They're known to be able to find younger players and it's just strange how they're... They have this ability to find, like we were talking about earlier, to find these talented younger players, but then they can't have a competent scouting staff to go out and scout a player before they sign them. You know, I think looking at defence, I think West Ham are quite good with the starting pair, um, Issa Diop and Balbuena. Uh, Diop, tons of potential. Honestly, looks like he could be one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League when he develops fuller. He's fantastic, in my opinion. and. Deep down, I wanted West Ham to go down, so hopefully Everton could steal him from West Ham. Because he was literally the centre-back I looked at and went, perfect, he'd fit. But um, even Balbuena, I feel like Balbuena's very underrated, doesn't get the props that he deserves for being a talented centre-back. But um, the issue with West Ham comes with the ageing centre-backs that they have, Ogbonna, Winston Reid, defenders in general, Zabaleta, and, um, and they're on big wages, I believe. Ogbonna and Reed are 70k and Zabaleta 75k. Like this transfer window or next in January, they either need to let them go on a free 
or sell them, it doesn't matter how little for, they have to realize they're paying too much money and they need to, in my opinion, try to either use academy products or bring in a young centre-back who's on the cheap from like maybe like a championship team, um, maybe even a League One team you look at who's performing down there and see if you can bring any of them in. It's just quite strange to look at. Um, even right back, I feel like they could bring someone in better than Fredericks. I feel like left back, I feel they're good at left back. I feel like they don't really need to buy anyone. Masawaku and Cresswell are both good left backs. That's fine. But the entire defence just looks like it needs working on. And it's like, it, with West Ham, usually we have player suggestions for certain parts. But like, West Ham are strange. You don't know who West Ham are going to bring in, as seen by Fornals and Haller who were expected to go to big teams around Europe. But then they also sign, you know, like awful players who you think, oh, wait, they should be signing better than that if they're able to sign these players. But I think if I'm West Ham, they have their starting centre-back partnership prepared of Barbuena and Diop. And they just need to look at getting some backups, maybe even switching Declan Rice back to centre-back every now and again. You know, I feel like they just need... Um, depth in defence and then if they'll be able to move up the table because a lot of the defenders seem quite injury prone as well I believe Balboin has been injured Ogbon has injured Winston Reid I believe he got a bad injury or quite an injury that took him out one or two years ago it's just they need younger legs at centre-back and they need depth to put it simply I think they just need depth at centre-back yeah, I just agree with everything Lewis and you and Harvey have said. To be honest, like Ngakia, obviously could have been, could have been a key player for West Ham, but obviously turned on the contract offer, which is very disappointing. Um, but yeah, I think they need to get as much as they do need experience in defence. I think they need some younger legs, uh, which is I've got, I've got a suggestion, which is uh, Jason Denier from Leon. Um, he's only valued at. 11 million in the transfer market at the moment. So I, th- I think if Jason and I wants to come back and prove City wrong, that they because they just cast him aside basically, he could come back prove City wrong, and then West Ham. This could be a statement of intent for West Ham. He's 25. Uh, he's very imposing, and I think this could be a good signing for him to be honest. But yeah, agreeing with everything you said, I think that they just need some younger legs and depth uh, and at right back. Obviously, use Fredericks as much as they can, but. Um, had some depth in that position as well. Uh, uh, but yeah, I agree with everything everyone said. So, <laughs> not, not much to add on there. Uh, yeah, and just uh, before, just to quickly get it out of the way, uh, I believe I have a right-back suggestion for them, and that's to go sign Matty Cash out of Nottingham Forest. You know, he's 22, I believe, quite young. Five goals, three assists. Uh, three goals, five assists, sorry. And then uh, he's been really good for Forrest. You know, he used to be a central midfielder. They've moved him over to the right and then kind of like pushed him back from right mid to right back. And he's been uh, sensational this year. You know, he's had bridging 2.7 tackles, 1.4 interceptions, three clearances. And then, you know, he has that ability to get forward like Moyes wants, one key pass and a dribble. You know, and then he's also versatile, you know, having someone who can play at right back, wing back, right mid, centre mid, you know. It's a good, it's a good little Swiss Army knife player to have, and he's only valued at transfer max at four point three two million. You know, so if we're being realistic, that's probably about 
in this market, you're probably going to you usually pay around double to something of someone's value. It's a bit strange. I'd say maybe 10 to 15 million for Matty Cash, which after the season he's had is a definite, I'd take that. Even if it's just to have as a depth option, you know, him and Fredericks might switch around. If they're playing a game where West Ham think they might be able to dominate the attack, they might play Fredericks. If they're needing someone who can bomb back and forward a bit more, they'll play Matty Cash. But also about Cresswell, as you can really see the Moy system with Cresswell. He's trying to make Cresswell his Leighton Baines. You know, you can see it in... They are quite similar players. You can see it with putting Cresswell on the set pieces, on trying to get him to help get crosses and stuff in. But yeah, like Lewis said, um, you know, I think every, I agree with everything Lewis said. And um, does any has anyone else got anything to say about the West Ham? Def- well, uh, quickly, quickly. And I realised I had my say on on the on the youth system. I didn't actually say anything about the defence construction. Uh, and Gakia, yeah, we covered. Quite upsetting that he's gone. Um, he, he, I I didn't think he was Premier League ready, but I thought with years to come, maybe sitting at um, a backup to somebody else, he 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 would have grown quite nicely in a into a a relatively versatile and fast fullback. Fredericks was what I was saying earlier. He was part of um, the group of signings from Four uh, from, from uh, Pellegrini. Um, you know, younger and faster players to make the team. You know, play a different style of football. He was part of that uh, game plan, and we saw Masuaku play a lot more under Pellegrini as well because he is arguably faster on the ball, faster off the ball than Cresswell. Uh, he, he's more of a set-piece taker as Cresswell. And we've seen Cresswell being sort of moved into a centre-back position. He's, he's, he's played a little bit of both uh, this season and last, for sure. Uh, I've, I've said quite often that I, I would rather have Masuaku than Cresswell in my, in my starting eleven. Uh, at least. I think he's got a few more years left in the tank. Uh, I think he, he plays more like a modern fullback does nowadays. With the attacking threat there as well, that can also cause problems at the back if you've got um, attacking fullbacks. You know that that is that you can argue that's our biggest downfall this season. You know we've I think we've scored 47 goals in the league this season, which for a team fighting relegation isn't really that bad. We've you know we've scored more than quite a few of the teams above us, so I, I don't think that. Uh, the goals for is the problem as such is the uh, is the um, the first problem to address. I think it is the defence, and as you've all said, Diop is the one we we absolutely must keep a hold of. I remember Ashley uh, Man United went in for Diop. Um, was it was it last season? Uh, I think it was a forty million bid that they had rejected, uh, and he said that he wanted to spend the next few years of his contracts of his career. Sorry. Uh, at West Ham, which was just, just you love to hear it. You, you, you absolutely love to hear that sort of thing. It's 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 great. As far as um, Balbuena and Ogbonna goes, uh, I'd pick Ogbonna. Uh, I'd pick Ogbonna over Balbuena to start. Um, when he first joined Balbuena, he, he he had a few good games, and then as he said, injury cast him out the side. He's been in and out for a while now, so. Whether we go for youth, whether we trust Ogbonna and Diop uh, for the next season or two, I, I don't entirely know. But Diop is, is, 
is the rock in the defence that we absolutely have to keep a hold of, uh, for my say. So, yeah, that seems to be everyone's opinion on the defence here. It's um, basically just don't lose Diop last time. But, yeah, let's move on to the midfield. And, you know, I feel like this is... I'd say this is the strongest part of this West Ham team. Definitely. Um, Suchek has been great, in my opinion. Great loan acquisition and a, and, a, and a clause to make it permanent, which I think they 100% should do. Declan Rice has shown his ability as a player, and it's why teams like Chelsea are wanting to pay like 50, 60 million for him. I do think Rice is a little bit overrated, but he also has that massive potential to be a big holding midfielder in the future. Yeah, and you know, it's with the Moyes teams, you can see the similarities because it seems to be like it sets up as a 4 4 1 1, but then it kind of turns into a 4 2 3 1. As you can see with Rice and Suchek, more defensive base midfielders, they'll sit in the hub of midfield and then the left mid, right mid, and cam slash centre mid will push forward. And then, so it's kind of like it's a 4 2 3 1 in attack and then it switches back to the 4 4 1 1 in defence. But I feel like they don't really need to make many improvements um, besides left, besides shockingly, Felipe Anderson's position left mid. I feel like they could bring in some competition, but I'll bring that up later. Does anyone have anything they'd like to say about the centre of the park, the central of midfield? Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I think the holding midfielders is is sorted. I think you uh, you said it pretty well before. You know. Probably the strongest place in the starting eleven in the squad is is midfield. Um, depth maybe not so for holding midfielders. Uh, I think Rice and Cizek are definitely the ones to move forward with. Both relatively young. Cizek's actually, to be fair to them, they've both proven that they are sort of Premier League worthy uh, in terms of talent. I think, and they both are sort of young enough to see us see them, sorry, grow over the next few years in, into what could be, you know, a really, really good partnership. But it's, it's, it's risky saying something like that with the amount of attention that Rice has got um, over the last season or two. You know, I, I, I can see him going somewhere else. And I'm glad that you said that you think he's overrated because I do. And yeah, that might sound strange coming from a West Ham fan, but it's, it's, it's true. He's, He's rated so, so highly. And yes, we saw him score that absolute screamer against Watford the other day, which was fantastic to see, honestly. It was it was beautiful finish, but people seem to forget that that finish doesn't make him a complete midfielder. That doesn't make him this 80 million... He's not an 80 million player. He's, he's not. And I think putting that number on a player that young with little Premier League experience compared to some of the counterparts in the league, you know, is absurd. Yeah, he's got the age on his side. Um, I, uh, the name escapes me, but the Premier League have um, the rule of uh, English players in their team. Do you guys know what the, the name for that is? Yeah, I believe you have to have seven or eight in your starting 23, I think it is. That includes, you know... The homegrown initiatives. It's, it's something like that. We basically watched out bought drink water. You know, they didn't need him, but he was another. Yeah, it's it's for that sort of thing. And I think because of that, he's valued 
higher than he should be. Um, but not to take anything away from him, I think those have been brilliant in, in, in the middle of the park. Um, which leads me on to my next point about, you know, holding midfielders, Mark Noble. Um, I, w- I don't think he will, but I would absolutely hate to see him go anywhere else but West Ham. I think he will retire here uh, in the next year or two. If he can push out two or three more seasons, then fair news to him. A lot of people give him a lot of criticism. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's not the fastest player by any means. You know, he's, 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 <laughs> he's never had his legs, but they're, they're starting to go more than uh, the players around him, at least. I think, how old is he? 30, 33? Easy ace. He's, he's 33 now. Um, our stats from the last seat from the last year, are actually better when he plays in terms of win percentage and whatnot, goal scored, than when he doesn't. Um, which confuses me with Rice and Susek playing so well together in the midfield at the moment. Where does he come into it? Does he start to become a player that plays, you know, cup games, uh, less important games, and then those two take the bigger, more important games? I don't really know. But I think, I think for now, uh, the holding midfield position is 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 set in stone for West Ham. I think other positions in midfield, you know, the wide, uh, the wider positions are up for more debate. Uh, I think we can all agree, Lewis is the avid championship fan. Jared Bowen is definitely uh, the guy that keeps his position. Um, actually, do you want to have a say on Jared Bowen? Because he, he is he not uh, in the top goal scorers for the championship this season, despite leaving uh, in January. Is that right? Yeah, I believe he was fifth top scorer a couple of weeks ago, but uh, I believe we we're actually saying this earlier. I think he's seventh. Uh, I think we said he was seventh before we started recording. Um, yeah, he, he was destined to leave Hull at some point. Um, I think West Ham have actually picked up a really good player there. They spent like 20 million. I think people were saying about that he was ridiculously it was way too expensive for someone that never played in the Premier League and done it. But I think 16 goals in before up until deadline day on January, I think is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, especially if someone who's playing, considering he's playing with now the worst team in the league around him at the time, and him still managing to get 16 goals by himself. Uh, obviously, there was Krasicki as well, but since both of them are left, Hull have gone down, basically going to be going down to League One. I think that just shows how important, how good Bowen was for that whole team. And I think he's definitely... West Ham's right winger. Um, but I think that's definitely set in stone. I don't think anyone can say it's not. I think Bowen is... I think he has the potential to be really good in the Premier League. Uh, I'll go back to holding midfield. I think uh, I think Declan Rice and Sudkak are definitely players that uh, should be West Ham's holding midfielders for the next couple of years. Obviously, West Ham should definitely make that Sudkak uh, deal permanent. Um, obviously, they did have Carlos Sanchez as well as a backup. Obviously, he got released. Um, he didn't really play very well. Uh, and then obviously Mark Noble as well. I think Mark Noble you definitely have to keep around for the next two or three years. He's so important to that team in the dressing room um, for him being at the club for so long. Um, and he said he, he, had, he plays 500th league appearance, I think, for West Ham or something like that um, against Watsford. And he said in the interview afterwards that uh, he's surprised that he's playing this many games at the moment. Um, due to his age and stuff like that. So I think he's even he wouldn't be surprised if he got dropped for Declan Rice and Suchek to be those holding midfielders. But I think West Ham might, since they've released Sanchez, they may 
need to look at bringing, bring, bring maybe even bringing through just another youngster to be like sort of a backup um, to Rice and Suchek and Noble obviously being a backup as well, or he'll, or he'll go to that. Um, obviously, they brought through Declan Rice and Reese Oxford beforehand, so they're clearly, they're clearly quite good at bringing through defensive midfielders. So I don't see why not, why West Ham can't uh, bring through another defensive midfielder. But yeah, I think defensive midfield-wise, they are definitely solid. Um, they may need one more just as a little backup. Same thing with centre-back, but um, yeah, and then right wing is uh, definitely a position that West Ham very strong with Snodgrass at the back well with very good set pieces. Um, yeah, I just think West Ham are perfect in those positions, but I'll get to the rest of the video. Um, to speak about this uh, backup spot, I, I think West Ham have already got this backup midfielder spot and he sat um, playing in Charlton. Um, Josh Cullen, a player as someone from Bradford, I know a lot about Josh Cullen and I think he's a fantastic player. Um, for Bradford, he was, in my opinion, he was the best, one of the best players I've seen play for us since Naki Wells. He had energy, he had, you know, he back and forth. And for Charlton this year, I was, when I was looking through this, I was like, oh, Josh Cullen plays for, um, for West Ham to, so I was like, oh, is Josh Cullen still at West Ham? So I Googled his name. I was like, oh, let's see how he's doing. Um, Josh Cullen has been fantastic for Charlton, I didn't realise. Um, two tackles a game, 1.3 interceptions, one and a half clearances. You know, that sounds like just a holding midfielder. Then he's flying out almost two key passes a game and dribbling almost once a game. You know, West Ham have Rice, who's more, who's more of a defensive midfielder. And then the Suchek, who gives more of that box-to-box vibe, but he's still mainly a defensive midfielder. Josh Cullen would be a really nice box-to-box midfielder for the cup game, someone who can rush back and forth and back and forth. Fantastic player, and I really think he needs to be in West Ham's team. But before we move on, because I know Lewis has a lot of love for Josh Cullen too. Um, I don't know that, as much about this player, so you might have to help me. This was just while I was doing research. Um, Marcus Brown, who's been playing for Oxford, I believe he's an attacking midfielder slash a winger. Um, but, but from the 11 starts he's had for Oxford... He has five goals, four assists. Um, he's averaging 1.3 tackles a game, a key pass, and 2.3 dribbles. You know, I've got here, give younger players a chance to play, even if it's a rotation rule. You know, West Ham need depth. Why not bring these young players who can be spark plugs off the bench, who can run around and aren't going to get tired after playing 30 minutes of football off the bench, you know. Someone like Josh Cullen could really help. Someone like Mark Noble in the midfield, you know. It takes a lot of pressure off Mark Noble having someone who can bomb around like Josh Cullen or Marcus Brown, who seems to know how to score and create, even if it's off the bench. But, um, Lewis, is there anything you'd like to talk about before we move on to Ashley? Yeah, I was just actually just going to say, um, I literally just had a look there because uh, I don't think Marcus Brown is at West Ham anymore. I think he left and I searched it up just quickly and he is at Middlesbrough now. Um, on loan at Oxford, but Oxford, <laughs> Oxford do have Nathan Holland on loan from West Ham as well, so there may have been some confusion, but I'm not sure. I think Nathan Holland's done very well. Obviously, Oxford got to the Championship uh, League One playoff final, uh, so they've clearly done very well this season. Um, but with Josh Cullen, uh, actually reminded me, I completely forgot to mention Josh Cullen at all. He's been really good for Charlton. He was there on loan for their promotion season last year, and they managed to get him back. Uh, and their game uh, against Wigan. Yesterday, David Moyes was actually in attendance for it. It was on Twitter. So 
clearly Cullen is somewhat part of his plans. Maybe he's just having a little look, but Cullen is 22 now, around that age. He's, he's definitely been needed a West Ham game at some point. I think now is the right time to definitely give him a go. And I've completely, completely forgot about him. He's definitely, he's definitely that backup player that clearly, obviously they brought through Declan Rice and Reece Oxford. Josh Cullen is definitely someone who's a really good box-to-box midfielder. He's been key for Charlton this year as they look to stay up. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's it. So Ashley, we'll go to you. Yeah, um, I was just listening to Callum talk then about players that can bomb around, cover loads of ground, and like, like actually make effort for the team. I've got a stat here that uh, in a game against Man City this season, Thomas Sushek uh, covered more ground in the last six years than any West Ham player has in one game, <laughs> which is a mad stat, and it just shows like the the effort that him him and Jared Bowen are willing to put into the team, which I think has been a big a big disappointment in West Ham's West Ham's uh, Premier League. Premier League uh, campaigns that players just seem content with teams beating them, and they just don't they don't really play for the badge at all. And I think Thomas Suchek uh, is a is a big part. And he, I think he obviously with that stat, it shows he puts the effort in and actually wants to get the ball back for his team and work for the team. And it just shows that um, yeah, I, th- I think with, with this signing, if they can make this Suchek deal permanent, then it's a great it's a big step in the right direction for the club. That's all I want to say, really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I believe that's um, everything we've got to say about the midfield. Harvey, have you got anything else you want to mention about the midfield before we move on? Uh, it's 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 kind of up to whether you guys classify Lanzini and Fornals as midfielders or you you put them as uh, as forwards. Because if 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 that's the case, then we can transition from those two in uh, in to the forwards. Really, I I oh yeah. I did want to say earlier, um, Colin completely slipped my mind. I, I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't heard that name in so long. I remember him uh, seeing him go out to Bradford and I was like, oh, this, this is just another one of our sort of youth players that goes out and we, 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 we never hear, hear from them again. The name slipped me completely and I'm really glad you brought that up because it, it's, it's such a good shout for uh, the future at least. Uh, I'm not sure how long the, the loan is actually. That's, Poor from my end, but I, I, I don't actually recall how long he's got left on his uh, Charlton loan now. Do you, do you guys know? End of the season? The end of the season. But I think Charlton managed to extend it till the end of the current season. And I think there's rumours that Charlton might be getting him again on loan or trying to buy him permanently. If they can, I think that's if they can stay up, was said. Because there was rumours about Cullen signing for Charlton if they can stay in the championship. Well, yeah, I, I, I think you, you, you sort of, um, you brushed on it earlier. It's, it's about giving the youth that you get through West Ham more of a chance rather than learning them out so early, then finding love for another club with another sort of position. And it's, I think that was a problem with, um, or it could have been a problem with Ngakia. He was only played more so towards the end of his contract when things already appeared to be written in stone uh, for him him leaving. And a player that we haven't mentioned going into the forwards is Grady Diangana, um, which championship fan Lewis, I'm sure, has seen plenty of this season. Under Slaven Bilic once again, uh, he shined. And it looks like he's the sort of player that we could have done with this season uh, at times, to be honest. 
Lewis, again, I'll let you sort of take over here for another right mid from the championship, the West Ham boy. You, you can go for it, Paul. Yeah, I'll go. Well, we'll go into left wing and attacking mid as we haven't done that yet. But I think Ian Garner has played on the right for West Brom, but I think he definitely did a job on the left. Obviously, West Ham only have Felipe Anson. I don't think they have any other left mids unless I'm missing anyone. Obviously, we went over Bowen and Snodgrass, but I don't. Is there anyone on the left? Farnell's players on the left, but he's not a left winger. I would have said he's an attacking mid, so I'll. We'll say Felipe Anson's the only left midfielder because I think he is. Ian Garner as a backup. Definitely. I think West Ham, now that I look at it, now that I think about it, Philippe Aronson, Jared Bowen, Snodgrass and Dean Garner is definitely good enough for the Premier League. I think he's just, impre- he obviously he came through at West Ham last year. I think he made a couple of cup uh, appearances. I think when, did West Ham beat on like 8-1 or 9-1 in the League Cup last year? It was a lower league team. But I can't remember. But, uh, Dean Garner scored one or two in that game. I think that might, might have been his debut or something like that. Um, uh, we beat... Um, oh, this is going to bite me. Yes, it was. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Um, um, he was brilliant. Uh, Macclesfield, we beat... Uh, that's not really sort of bragging rights there, but uh, yeah, it's a convincing 8-0 um, win. Definitely. Yeah, but Dean Garner, I think he's got a goal or two there. And obviously, he came through in spots last season. So, it was really good for him. Especially, I was surprised a club as high up in the EFL as West Brom actually went for him. Because I thought, considering the amount of experience he had gained, I thought maybe a League One or a League Two team would have gone for it. But he's clearly stepped up to the mark. Um, and obviously, we can tell that by West Brom being second in the league currently and looking like they're going to get promoted in the Premier League. So... Clearly, Dean Garner is good enough. And then attacking mid, I actually think they're fine at the moment. Lanzini and Fournals. Obviously, Fournals, he he had a lot of potential to live up to. I think he did really well in the for Spain in the under-21 Euros or something like that in the summer beforehand. West Ham had already bought him and he was, he was scoring like every single game. So, I think West Ham fans obviously had a lot of... He had a lot of hype around him and... I think West Ham fans were expecting a lot and he hasn't quite delivered yet this year, but he's still quite young. I think he definitely has the potential to live up to that. And then obviously Lanzini as well. He's been he's proven Premier League level for the last five years or whatever he's been here. Um, I think West Ham are fine. I think, yeah, just overall in the midfield, I think West Ham are solid and I don't think they really need to buy anyone at all, really. I mean, it's a trust in the youth that they've got within the team. I mean, Jared Bowen's only, what, is 20... 22? He's 23 now, sorry. So, so with him being like a recent purchase, you can only sort of see or hope hope for the future that he, he stays and he grows in, into the player that we all know that he, he, he can be. I saw, I saw somewhere earlier, since the restart in the Premier League, Bowen has the most assists of any Premier League player, which I, I believe is four. Uh, the date today is the 19th. It's the 19th of July on the day of filming, uh, and since uh, Project Restart has come in, um, he's got the most assists out of any, any, any other player in the league, which I think is fantastic. But just been looking now, and I, I, it's, it's annoying me that we forgot this man, Jack Wilshire. Sorry to bring it back to midfield, but I, I thought he was, he was quite a good um, talking point, and we've completely gone over his head. I'll make it quick because we are on the forwards now, but. Um, Gaffer told me earlier that 
Jack Walsh is earning, is it 100k a week? Um, an injury prone player, a light, you could argue liability is a, is, a, is a sort of fitting word for that sort of player. It's, it's almost, it's, it's frustrating to see that we're, we're spending, you know, five million pound a year on a player that sits on the bench and comes on three games a season, 40 minutes. Like, yes, it doesn't make those numbers quite, but it's, it's, it's annoying to see so much money put into a player that doesn't seem like he, he's really interested in football anymore. Um, yeah, his time at Arsenal made him an Arsenal boy, but he, his childhood club was West Ham. So I, I guess it's, it's a fitting end to his career, which I assume is, is the end of his career in the next season or two with West Ham. But yeah, I, I, I thought it was worth mentioning him before we sort of get too far gone. Uh, on Lanzini, um, Lewis mentioned, unpopular opinion, but I, he didn't become the player that he could have been. What, how old is Lanzini now? He's, he, he's, 27, he's 27 years old. When we got Lanzini, I think he was 20, 22. Might have been 21, 22. Um, you know, I, I remember him scoring um, on the edge of the box against Chelsea. I think... Uh, we beat them. I think it was Stamford Bridge. Beat them two one. I, th- I think. I think Carroll scored in that game as well. Um, Lanzini scored a beautiful goal. Uh, pass. I think it, it might have been Courtois at the time. I remember thinking this this kid. You know, this guy is going to be great for us. And I guess he's he's another player that's faced injury so much over, over the last few years that's kept him from being the player that he could have been, which is upsetting to see because I thought there was. There was a time where he was he was really playing well. There was a photo of him next to Messi, and it was like um, an attacking midfielder from Ar- uh, from Argentina. Like you never know what could happen with this sort of thing. And I had so much hope for him, and it just let down from it so drastically. To be honest, um, I don't dislike him, and then when he's fit, I like to see him in the team because he like he's one of these players that has fast feet uh, and can create and score as well. So I do rate him. I just I just think he's 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 not the player that he could have been. Um another player that's um suffered poorly from injuries is Yarmolenko. When we brought him in at first, um we were absolutely raving about I mean he it might have even been against Everton, you know. I think it was Everton, maybe Southampton uh last season, start last season. He scored a beautiful goal on one of his first games and everyone was really, really hyped about him. And then he got an eight-month injury. Um, he, he, uh, he got an eight-month injury and he was out for ages. But I know, I know um, Ash, Ash, you've got something to say about Yarmolenko, haven't you? Yeah, it's just like um, they're paying 115000 in wages for Yarmolenko at the moment. And he's only played nine matches in the Premier League. Um, obviously... His injuries have played a massive factor in that, but I think paying 115k for a player that's only paid only played uh, 10 matches overall this season is ridiculous, and I think they need to get rid of that dead weight in midfield. Like him and Jack Will should need to go because uh, that's 215k a week just on them two players. So I think that yeah, the the, the wage system for West Ham needs to change for that, and obviously get rid of those two would free up some revenue to buy a bigger and better player. Yeah, and um, just quickly, while we're mentioning um, 
wingers, I believe. I don't know if it's, I believe Philip Anderson's a talented player, but I think they need to bring someone to back him up, someone to push him because he's so inconsistent. He's one of those players where you need a good option who could come on and play like. I could see Philip Anderson as someone who splits like 20 games to 18 games with someone. And I've looked at two players from the Serie A. One's a bit less realistic, one's a bit more possible. Um, one is um, Gorsen's a German winger from Atalanta. Um, who, you know, played as a left-back at the start and has now moved on to left midfield and has nine goals, eight assists. He's averaging about two tackles a game, one interception and a key pass a game, all from left mid. You know, since the restart, he's been one of Atalanta's better players and I believe he's valued at about 18 million. For about 25 to 30 million, I'd say you take the punt for someone who maybe steps in or someone who's be even cheaper um, Chelsea fans might recognise this name is Jeremy Borger, one of those players who were just stuck in Chelsea's academy for years and never really did anything. Went to Sassuolo for about three million, and he's now had eleven goals, two assists, about averages a key pass, and then averages a monstrous four dribbles per game. Who that's someone who really just that creativity could really help West Ham, you know. And, you know, if I want to keep going about creativity before we move on to proper forwards, and by that I mean strikers, um, Lanzini and Fornals, I see a lot of similarities in them. But the similarities end where I see Fornals becoming what Lanzini was supposed to become. I think Fornals is incredible. You know, he's shown in the games that he hasn't got end product yet. He can't shoot a ball properly sometimes. Like, it was the miss against Wolves. And then I just watched it and I was like, how do you miss that? You're right in front of the goal. You should be putting that away. It's uh, similar to the Tom Davies shot against Liverpool. Like, how are you putting that away? It's simple. But um, I honestly see Fornals taking the role um, Noble plays in that weird sort of attacking midfield position and him being given the keys to the attack by Moyes. And I feel like when he's fully trusted by Moyes to say, this is your team, you create for this team, He's going to excel and be incredible and be worth every single penny West Ham paid for it. I think we've. I think you said at the start that you said that one of those signings was was a little bit like out of the question. I think Anderson to West Ham when he first announced, sorry, when he was first announced was out of the question. That's a Brazilian winger which historically have big profiles. Just that alone, that played for Lazio, who were a at the time, a Europa League Italian team. Uh, since then, they've pushed on more to sort of Champions League level. But that was like <laughs> quite a big profile name coming to West Ham. And I think going forward with signings, you all know my stance on signings and spending big. I'm, I'm not keen on it, but I think from what we've seen from West Ham, the, them playing in the best league in the world, if you want to call it that, whatever, is enough to bring in these big-ish names. And I think that's a brilliant little way to go on to a player called Sebastian Haller. Uh, record signing for West Ham. I know some of you guys have something to say about him. We were chatting earlier. Um, I'm 100% up for giving him more time to prove himself. Injury this season has kept him out. Uh, that's why he hasn't been playing since uh, the restart. Um, he hasn't shown the same form as last season, but a lot of players don't find the move from the foreign league coming to uh, the Premier League 
easy, you know, it's, it's, it's a bigger, tougher league, sort of physical. Uh, he's a big guy, so, you know, I've, I've, I've all the faith that in the next season, if he's given time, uh, if he is played in front of Antonio, which I'll get to in a minute, which I hope he is, um, I hope that he will be um, worth 40 million, to be honest. Um, I think I think the forty million price tag was um, scary from a West Ham point of view. You know, we 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 don't really bring in. Um, it's. <laughs> I'm going in circles here, but yeah, the to spend that much money on one player and then for them to not live up to the that price tag. You know, it's 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 scary and the fan base will be the first ones to realise, you know, hang on, this isn't the player that we signed all the, this cash for. Um, and we've seen it with Jolinton, wasn't he also signed for 40 million for, for Newcastle? Uh, and he's, he's got a goal, two goals a season. Uh, he makes Hella look good. So, um, and finally, just, just to sort of round off my input on the attack and the team as a whole, uh, Antonio, or should we say Antony Goat here on the on the? No, we do. We we do we do. Antony Goat is the highest scoring <laughs> player in the Premier League since coming back uh, from the restart with seven uh, seven of the nineteenth filming today. Uh, seven goals in the league so far, which I for the for what we need right now um, in terms of the relegation battle, huge huge goals. Uh, needed definitely. The win versus Norwich actually had me nervous. I thought we were going to be the team that let Norwich get a win uh, in their final few games. Thankfully, we didn't. Uh, and he put them to bed with four goals. Uh, lethal that day, actually. But if, if I told you that I had faith in Antonio, I'd be telling a lie. I've slated him all season. Uh, I don't think he's a striker. And now he's come out and he's scored seven goals uh, in, is it five games? Um, yeah, I think I think that's the key to success, at least for the rest of the season. Uh, two games remaining now. Um, when we signed him from Forest, he was he was a, a right back, right wing back, right mid striker. He had he had all of the uh, sort of places in the pitch where he he, he could play. Uh, he's been converted more to a forward and a winger now, which I think he. I think with his pace and his strength, he belongs out on the wing. But he's he's proved me wrong, so I'm I'm completely open to having my mind uh, turned. To be honest, what do you guys make of the Haller uh, Antonio sort of debate that I guess is now being put forward? Lewis, do you want to say on that? Um, yeah, I think with Haller, they've got a they've got a really good striker in Haller who scored, I think, 15 goals and got nine assists last season in the Bundesliga. Um, and he was part of the front three with uh, Luka Jovic and Ante Rebic of Real Madrid and AC Milan, respectively. And um, I think with West Ham, the problem is they don't really play... They don't seem to play to his strength, which is weird, because I feel like Allaire would be quite useful for Moyes' tactics and the way he sets up his team. Um, obviously, Mike, Mikel Antonio, I think... Um, Obviously, he's been the best striker since the restart, but he's got nine goals in all competitions this season. So when you take into account the five or seven or how many he's scored, that's not 
good at all. And now they've scored seven. So West Ham either need to adapt their tactics to Allaire or I feel like they need to get rid of him and bring in a striker that will actually suit their system. So it's, I, for me, it's either you adapt to Allaire or you just get rid of him and get someone to adapt to you. And I think that's a pretty, pretty much the situation with West Ham. It's, uh, I think up front they're lacking. Um, but yeah, I just think they've got a world-class striker. If they just use him right, I think he could be a top, top player as well. Um, obviously, he showed his quality at Frankfurt. And I, just, I think West Ham, for the money they spent, they need to make the most of it. So I think they either use him or use him um, to... So, so they use their tactics around him or they get rid of him and bring someone else in? Um, I think West Ham have to keep Sebastian Aller just for his pure ability. But weird thing about Sebastian Aller that it seems like a lot of West Ham fans don't understand is he wasn't, his best trait wasn't his goal-scoring ability for the Bundesliga. It was his ability to create for Rebic and for Jovic and to bring everyone else into the play. You know, I feel like if you play Sebastian Aller to his strengths, it means Moyes has to move away from this 4-4-1-1 or he has to do what he did at Everton and that's a bit of a risky move where we played, you know, we played Fellaini as basically an attacking midfielder slash a striker. So why not play Antonio in that attacking midfield role? Someone who can, you know, Halle can hold the ball up, can outstrength the man, and then he can bring people like Antonio, Philippe Anderson and Jared Bowen into the play instead of Moyes going, you're my, you're my big French Andy Carroll. Because that's not what he is. He has creativity to his game. And if you allow him to bring other players in, West Ham are going to succeed so much more. And I, I can guarantee it. If they give Hello the role he wants to bring other people in and to even score his own opportunities, I am saying you get a minimum of 15 to 18 goal contributions next year. Even in this current West Ham team, he just needs to fit the system. And then Moyes has a real, real striker on his hands. If Moyes is given the time to build the team he wants and gets the the faith and the confidence from the players back. I reckon that is that's it's it's not out of the question. Um I, I saw a number not too long ago that it, it honestly it's it's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen football related for any club and the fact that it's my club is disgusting but it was it was it was something like since the year 2000 West Ham had some uh, they fielded in their starting 11 something like 109 strikers different strikers uh, and they, they as a collective have scored I think it's just under 30 goals um, in in that time uh, this is in the league sorry not 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 all all um, competitions but I if the, if that is true it is it's that is that is that is gross I don't want my, my club I don't want my club to be that and it, it's just not I could name a handful of strikers right now that we've had that did a job when the team played well. Uh, Diafrasaka and Valencia. Even Andy Carroll on his day did what he was supposed to do. Big guy. You know, I don't see Ronaldo scoring hat-tricks against 
Arsenal. Andy Carroll did. So knock him and slate him all you want, but Ronaldo didn't do that. So <laughs> before I go too, too off, off on one, uh, my mad rants, I'll let Ashley uh, end this 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 part because I know you haven't had your say on the, on the forward yet. I'd like to hear what you've got to say. Yeah, no, I agree with uh, with Gaffin Lewis. I think you, you you keep Sebastian Haller just because he is a he, he's a very good player. Just needs to needs to find his form, and then I think he will be a huge player for West Ham. Um, as Mikel Antonio goes, how old is he now? You say earlier. I will have a look. Twenty. He, he, he's thirty years old. Antonio. Yeah, thirty years old. So um, he 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 won't be he'll he'll start declining soon. Uh, it's it, it's it's going to happen. I think maybe bringing another striker who can replace him. I've got Ollie Watkins written down here, and if Brentford if Brentford stay down, uh, which it looks like they're going to, Ollie Watkins will want to he'll want to leave, and I think West Ham would be a good team for him to go to to actually prove himself in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I I think that. Sebastian Haller just needs more. He needs to develop a bit more, and then he can he can be a huge player for West Ham. Uh, West Ham have signed 38 strikers since 2010, and they've only scored 203 goals in 957 games, which is it, oh, Jesus Christ. That's a my numbers were horribly off, but you 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 get the the gist of um, 200 goals in 900 appearances. Yeah, 200, 203 goals in 957 games. So, so my numbers are disgustingly off. But the, 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 point, the point is, uh, it's just not good enough. So we need to have, like, find faith in one striker. And if Haller is a striker to you know, stop this trend of buying and selling a, um, like a big-name striker in the same season or after a season or two, then so be it. I... I, I I'd happily put my faith in uh, in that to happen because this this that is silly. That is that's a frightening number. That that is that is frightening. I think I think um, quickly. I think the main problem West Ham faced it, this season at least uh, is con- is conceding goals. I think. We've pretty much covered it well. I think um, going forward, obviously, there is always room for improvement. There is at both ends of the pitch. But as we've seen, as we've said, they've got players that can create. And we've seen that Haller can finish. Even this season, you know, he hasn't been great, but he, he has faced injury. There are players that can score goals. It's just keeping them out. And I think we've addressed every part of the pitch where, um, where there is strength, where there's weakness, what needs to happen, what needs to stay the same. Uh, so yeah, spot on for for that job there, guys. That's my piece on it. Right. So it looks like we're done here. And before we forget to mention one more thing, the goal was to make West Ham mid-table again. Like that. Between, I'd say between ninth and twelfth sort of range. Like you know, kind of like you expect them to be, maybe even higher up the table. But, um, yeah, I'd like to thank everyone for watching this Rebuild episode. Um, if you could, please like and subscribe. Um, follow all our socials. And that would be lovely if you did that. Um, and thank you all for watching. Goodbye, everybody.
Nice one.